0: I want to take you on a journey I'm going to tell a story it's the story of the lamb the Lord God planted a garden in Eden and he placed man in the garden to tend it and watch over it but the Lord warned him you must not eat of the fruit of every uh, you may eat freely of the fruit of every tree in the garden except for the fruit of the tree in the midst of." of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For if you eat its fruit, you will surely die. And the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who's just right for him. And when God and man looked through all the animals and the fish and the birds God had created, they could find no helper that was just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall asleep and he took from the man's side one of his ribs and he brought it and he brought her to the man at last the man exclaimed this one is bone of my bone and flesh from my flesh she shall be called woman because she's been taken from my side this explains why a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife And the two will be united as one. Now the man and his wife were both naked. But they felt no shame. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden, she replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat of it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent said. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like him knowing both good and evil. This changed the woman's mind. She could see that the tree was beautiful and that the fruit looked delicious and she wanted to have the wisdom that it would give her, so she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened and suddenly, They felt the shame of their nakedness. So they got some fig leaves and they sewed them together to cover themselves. Later that evening, when the cool evening breeze was blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden, so they hid from him among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? He replied, oh, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. You see, I was afraid because I am naked. Who told you that you were naked, said the Lord God. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The Lord replied, it was the woman she gave me. She gave me the fruit and I ate it. The Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent, she said, the serpent, he deceived me. That's why I ate it. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. I will cause hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike and bruise your head You will strike his heel. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth. And your desire will be to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. Even though you will eat of its grains, it will also grow thorns and thistles. You will have food to eat, but you'll only produce it by the sweat of your brow until eventually you return to the dust of the ground from which you were made. For dust you were made and dust you will return. And the Lord God made clothing from the skins of animals for Adam and his wife to cover their nakedness and their shame. After some generations had passed, the Lord God called a man named Abraham. And he said to him, leave your home country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I'm going to make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to many others. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All families on earth will be blessed through you. Now Abraham and his wife Sarah didn't have any children. Humanly, they were too old for this to happen. However, After a great deal of testing and patience and faith, God gave them a son called Isaac. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called him. Yes, he replied, here I am. God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. On one of the mountains which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early, saddled his donkey, called two of his servants along with his son Isaac. He chopped wood for the fire for a burnt offering and he set off to the place that God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey while I go ahead. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there and we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Father, we've got the fire, we've got the wood, where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, said Abraham. And they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told them to go, Abraham built an altar made out of stones and he arranged the wood on the top of it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, here I am, he said. Don't lay a hand on the boy, said the angel. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not even withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham looked up. And he saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, which means the Lord will provide. So the family of God grew, and it grew, and it grew. It grew so much, in fact, that the king of the land where they were living at the time, Egypt, decided he needed to take control of them, put them into slavery. This became a very, very challenging time for God's people. Eventually, the Lord God himself stepped in with some very special instructions. I have a plan. to release you from this slavery. I have a plan to bring you into a a pleasant and beautiful land. This is what I want you to do, he said to Moses and to Aaron, who were the leaders of the people. From now on, this month is to be the first month of the year for you. You're to tell everyone this. On the 10th day of this month, Every family must choose a lamb or a young goat as a sacrifice. One animal for each household. If you're a small family, you can share it with another family. What's important about it is that this animal that you select must be one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat, that has no defects, no defects at all. Then you're to take special care of this lamb or or goat for another four days. And on the 14th day of the first month, you must take this lamb or goat and slaughter it at twilight. When you've done that, you're to take some of the blood of that lamb and you're to smear it on the sides and the tops of your door right around the door frames of your houses, in the house where you're going to eat that animal. The same night, you must roast the meat over a fire, (coughs) along with bitter salad greens and bread made without yeast, also referred to as unleavened bread. You must eat as much as possible, and if there's anything left, you're to burn it. There's a couple more instructions about eating this meal. You must eat it fully dressed. Day clothes, not night clothes, no gym jams. Wear your sandals. Carry a walking stick in your hand. You're to eat the meal quickly, with urgency. Because it's the Lord's Passover. On that night. I will pass through the land of Egypt and I will strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment on all the gods of Egypt for I am the Lord. But the blood on the doorposts will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. The plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. There's also something else. You must stop and remember to do this every year from now on. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate this festival of unleavened bread to remind you I brought you up out of Egypt on this very day. So Moses called all the elders of Israel together and he gave them these precise instructions. Do just as the Lord God had said to them. He also told them that they were to do this every year from now on. He said, when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean? You will tell them it's the Passover sacrifice of the Lord. For he passed over the houses of Israelites in Egypt. Though he struck the Egyptians, he spared our families. So the people of Israel did just as the Lord had commanded them. Um, That night at midnight, the Lord struck down the firstborn sons of the land of Egypt But he passed over all those who had put the blood of the lamb on the sides and the tops of their door. They were covered and they were saved. So, as we move on through this story, we hear about a tabernacle, a special tent in the desert where the presence of God would come down. Later on, we hear about the temple, again, where God would be known and would be felt among his people. But built into all of that story, all the time, is blood. The blood of lambs, over and over again. Perfect lambs, with no defect, and other animals Blood being shed, blood being poured out, blood being sprinkled, blood being dabbed, blood being smeared over everything to consecrate and to make things and people and places holy. But it was only ever a moment. Because that original sin kept infecting and infecting and infecting over and over again. So the offerings of blood needed to be given over and over again. Daily offerings of blood. Weekly offerings of blood. Monthly offerings of blood. Yearly offerings of blood. But... Even though that original sin was so separating, so corrosive, so corrupting, God, our Father, our Creator, our Maker, our Sustainer, longed for the price to be completed. He longed for the price to be paid in full. Longed that that broken relationship would be restored. And so along with the priests and the sacrifices, he sent prophets. Prophetic messengers, both to call people back, but also to let them know a saviour was coming. A saviour was coming. But this would be no mighty military warrior. This would be a suffering warrior. Savior. One such prophet was Isaiah. He spoke powerfully about this suffering Savior, and again the thread of the lamb is picked up. Isaiah said of him, My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root out of dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a a man of sorrows and acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him, we looked the other way. He was despised, we didn't care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows our sicknesses, our disease that weighed him down. We thought his troubles were punishment for God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We've all left God's paths and we've gone our own paths. Yet the Lord laid on him the sin of all of us. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep is silent before his shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short midstream. He was struck down for the rebellion of God's people. He'd done no wrong. He'd deceived no one. But he was buried like a criminal, put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan... To crush him and cause him grief. Yet, yet, when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. Because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. So the people waited, and the blood kept flowing, and they waited. And the blood was sprinkled, and they waited, and the blood was dabbed and wiped and smeared over everything until one last prophet appeared. John the Baptist, coming out of the desert with a loud shout Repent! Get ready! Repent of your sins, turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. It's going to appear any moment now. One of the things that John was called to do was to baptize people. He was calling them to be washed, to be plunged under the river, to display repentance, to display a turning to God. And long lines of people were queuing up to be baptized. One day, while John was baptising all the people, Jesus the Messiah, the promised Saviour, came walking along the riverbank. John saw him. He stopped mid-flow. I hope somebody wasn't under the water at the time. Look, he said, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's the one that I spoke about. He's the one, I said, who came before me. He's far, far greater. He's beyond me and past me. He's the one I spoke about. Jesus stopped right in front of John. And he asked to be baptized. Not for the forgiveness of sins. Because he was the perfect, spotless Lamb of God without any blemish. Why did he ask to be baptized? Because he came to please the Father, to bring joy and delight to the Father's heart through his obedience. For days afterwards, John would tell anyone who would listen, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting on him. I didn't know who who he was, the, the one to start with. When God sent me baptizing with water, he said to me, the one on whom you see the spirit descend and rest, he will be the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And I saw it. It happened to Jesus. And I tell you, he is the chosen one of God. The next day, John was down by the river again, this time with two of his disciples. Again, Jesus walked by. John saw him, and again he said, look, there he is, the Lamb of God. When John's disciples heard this, they left John, and they followed Jesus. Approximately three years later, it's the festival of unleavened bread, which is called the Passover. It was approaching. The leading priests and teachers of the religious law were plotting how to kill Jesus, but they were afraid of how the people would react. Now, Satan, remember him, had entered into Judas Iscariot. One of Jesus' disciples. He went to the leading priests and captains of the temple guard to discuss how he might betray Jesus to them. They were delighted. They promised to give him money, so he agreed and began to look for an opportunity to betray Jesus so that they could arrest him when there weren't any crowds around. The festival of the unleavened bread had arrived. Passover lamb was being sacrificed, and Jesus said to Peter and John, I've made arrangements. I want you to go ahead and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. So they went off to the city, and they found everything, as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. When Jesus and his disciples had sat down together, he said to them, I've been very eager to To eat this Passover meal with you. If you haven't got your emblems of communion. You might like to pick them up. Just to have them in your hands right now. Very eager to eat this meal with you. Before my suffering begins. Because I tell you I won't eat this meal again. Until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So he took a cup of wine, he gave thanks to God, and he said, Take this and share it among you. I won't drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. Then he took some bread. You might like to take your bread. He gave thanks to God for it, he broke it into pieces, and he gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body which is given. For you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and he said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, the new agreement which is confirmed in my blood. My blood which is poured out. As a sacrifice for you. You might like to take that cup. In remembrance. I'll be opportunity to worship and to pray in just a few moments. We can pray for one another. Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples. He entered an olive grove. A grove of olive trees. He went off to one side. He knelt down. To pray. Father, he said, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him, and he prayed even more fervently. He was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Judas, the betrayer, knew the place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. And now with blazing torches, lanterns and weapons, he arrived at the olive grove with a whole group of Roman soldiers and temple guards. At this point, Simon Peter drew his sword and slashed off the right ear of Melchus, the servant of the high priest. But Jesus said, no, Peter, put your sword back in its sheath. Don't think for a minute that I'm not ready to drink this cup of suffering the Father has given me. So they arrested Jesus, they tied him up, took him off into what would be a whole series of mock trials and trumped up false charges. It also included moments where they beat Jesus with their fists and with sticks. They spat on him, they pulled out chunks of his beard It's interesting to note that his accusers wouldn't go inside some of the Roman buildings where Jesus was dragged. Because that would have made them religiously unclean and they wouldn't have been allowed to celebrate Passover. What they wanted was for the Romans to kill Jesus so that they could keep their hands clean. So after a further terrible whipping, including having a crown of thorns thrust onto his head, Pilate turned Jesus over to the soldiers to be crucified. They took Jesus away with him carrying the cross by himself, and they went to the place of the skull, or in Hebrew known as Golgotha. And there they nailed Jesus to the cross. Two others were crucified with him, one on either side, Pilate posted a sign on the cross that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. It was on a main road. And so the sign was written in Hebrew, Latin and Greek so that as many people as possible could read it. The leading priests objected to Pilate. We said, we want you to change it from King of the Jews to, he said he was the King of the Jews. Pilate replied, What I've written, I've written. Jesus knew that his mission was finished. And so to fulfill all things that had been written hundreds of years before, he said, I'm thirsty. A jar of sour wine was there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a branch of hyssop, held it up to his lips. When Jesus tasted it, he cried out in a loud voice. It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now remember, this was a very special day. The day of preparation for what? For a very special week. Passover week. Because of that, the Jewish leaders didn't want bodies hanging around. So they asked Pilate to speed up their deaths, the bodies, so that the bodies could be taken down. Soldiers came and they broke the legs of the two men who were crucified with Jesus. When they came to Jesus, they saw he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs. However, just to make sure, one of the soldiers took his spear and thrust it into Jesus' side. And immediately, blood and water flowed out. I'm telling you, I saw it for myself, says John. I'm giving you an accurate, truthful account so that you may believe. Afterwards, Joseph of Arimathea, who'd been a secret disciple of Jesus, asked Pilate for permission to take down his body. When he said yes, Joseph came and took the body. Nicodemus also came with him, another nervous man who'd come to see Jesus at night. Following Jewish custom, they wrapped Jesus' body in spices the long sheets of linen cloth. They laid him in a new tomb that was in a garden nearby and they rolled a big stone over the front to close it up. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb, found that the stone had been rolled away. So she immediately ran and she found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom... Jesus loved John. She said, they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciple, John, started running straight for the tomb. John ran faster than Peter and reached the tomb first. He stopped and he looked in, but he didn't go inside. He saw the linen wrappings lying there. Peter arrived, puffing probably, and went straight in. He also noticed that there, there was a, another cloth that was folded separately, the one that had been on Jesus' head. It was separate from the other cloths. Then John also went in. He saw and he believed. Up to that point, they just had not understood all the prophecies where Jesus had said, the Saviour must rise from the dead. Then they went home. But Mary... Stayed. Standing outside the tomb crying, she looked in and saw two angels in white. One sitting at the head and one sitting at the foot of where Jesus had been. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken my Lord away, she said. I don't know where they've put him. As she turned, she saw someone else standing there. It was Jesus. But she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? He asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. She said, Lord, sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll go and get him. Mary said to Jesus, Ma- um, Mary, said Jesus. She turned, she cried out, Rabboni, teacher. Don't cling to me, said Jesus. I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go and find my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary raced off and found the disciples. She said, I've seen the Lord. And she gave them his message. Coming into land. Sometime later, There was a man named Philip. He was one of the first church leaders. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Go south on the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. And as he was on his way, he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a man of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. This man had gone all the way from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Now he was going home. As he sat in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of Isaiah. Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside that carriage. Philip ran over, heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip said to him, do you understand what you're reading? The Ethiopian man said, how can I unless someone explains it to me? He said, he said to Philip, please, would, would you come up into the carriage and sit here with me? Now, guess what the passage of scripture that he was reading from Isaiah? He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. As a lamb is silent before his shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. This senior government official from Ethiopia turned to Philip and said, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this very scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water. The Ethiopian said, look, here's some water. Is there anything that should stop me from being baptised? So he ordered the carriage to stop. They went down into the water and Philip baptised him. As they were coming up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the Ethiopian never saw him again. But he went on his way, joyfully giving thanks to God. When John was a much older man, he was made to live on a remote island Because he was a disciple of Jesus. He spent many hours praying and worshipping. And the Holy Spirit showed him amazing pictures and visions and dreams. Many wonderful and awesome things. Here's just one that helps us to know what happened to the Lamb. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne... A scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who's worthy to break these seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or earth or under the earth could be found who was worthy to open the scroll or even look inside of it. And I wept and I wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside it. Then one of the elders said to me, don't weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and it seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain. Standing in the center of the throne, encircled by four living creatures and elders, the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he'd taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down on their faces before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of all God's people. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you have purchased men and women from every tribe, people, language and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne, the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they said, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power Amen. The elders fell down and worshipped. Can I invite the worship team just to come? So friends, I invite you to be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you may have to endure trials... For a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested like fire tests and purifies gold. By the way, your faith is far more precious than pure gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials... It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed again to the whole world. You love him, even though you've never seen him. And though you do not see him now, you trust in him. And you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy. The reward of trusting him, the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something that even prophets wanted to know about when they prophesied this glorious salvation that is prepared for you. They wondered about what time the situation the Spirit of Christ was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and this great glorious reward afterwards. They were told that this message was not for themselves. It was for you. It was for you. And now, this good news has been announced to you. By those who preached in power, the power of the Holy Spirit from heaven. It's all so wonderful that even angels are eagerly watching the things that are happening to you. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Lord, our shame has been covered by your precious blood. Jesus, Jesus. 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 Just a couple of phrases that have been with me all week from that story, that Ethiopian. Look, here's water. What's to stop me being baptised? I want to say to anybody here today, is there anything stopping you from being baptised? We would love to baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit we'd love to. What would stop you? Your sin has been paid for. The price has been paid. You are covered. What's to stop you being baptized? I want to invite you, even this morning, like that Ethiopian man who clearly was a seeker after God, who'd come all the way from Africa into the Middle East to worship. I want to invite you today. Won't you come and worship? you come and surrender your life to one who gave his life for you that you might be covered just come to the lord recognize your shame but bring it to the one who wants to cover you (laughs) cover you with life shed his blood lord i pray let life come even today let life come even today for those who feel wounded For those who feel broken and hurt, Lord, I thank you that you were broken, that we might be made whole. Lord, that you were broken. You were broken. Let wholeness come even today. Let spiritual freedom ring in this place today. I pray that there would be prayer that would go on just even now, blessing one another, encouraging one another. Where there's pain, Lord, let your precious blood, as it were, come and be applied to that pain right now in the name of Jesus. Where there's emotional battle, let the peace of God, which was won so dearly, so costly, let that peace come today. Lord Jesus, I'd love us just to sing let's just take some moments if you would like prayer please turn to someone that you know can pray for you or please come forward here we'll pray for you find someone let's pray together let's worship we've got tea and coffee next door so we're officially finishing but let's just continue in worship and prayer and go as you feel that you would like to go